0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. But my lead pipe lock of the year is this. If you get a chance to watch the Bolts, you gotta take it. Because they are straight fire homie. The Chargers, totally fearless, all in, and taking big freaking swings every single time they hit the field. Honestly, I don't even know why these guys bother to carry a kicker. Not when they go for it on fourth down every single time from anywhere on the field, regardless of how much yardage they need to get that first down. And even when they lost a critical game that they could have and probably should have won, I am still here to hype them. That's who they are. That's what they're going to do. They have got absolutely nothing to apologize for. Absolutely nobody (laughs) The double check. The L.A. Chargers do what the bleep they want. Yeah, so I know it cost them last night. I know going forward and not executing or converting. Came back to bite them in the ass last night. I just don't care. Like, I like it. I respect it. I see them working. Here's something else I know. KC, the Chiefs, look like they're back. Now, maybe not all the way back. Not all the way back to being that dominant force they were when they went back-to-back in the Super Bowl, but they have completely turned their season around. Remember, in late October, they were 2-4. and The defense could not get the hell off the field, and Patrick Mahomes was channeling his inner Daniel Jones. Yeah, well, the defense has gotten a lot better and even got the win on the road against a high-powered offense without Chris Jones. That says something. Now, what about Patrick Mahomes? Got to admit, that was the weirdest, weirdest 400-yard passing game that I think I've ever seen. And I'm not saying that Patrick is Patrick, not the Patrick that we've seen in the past. However, he is doing enough to win. He's doing enough to win. And as I'm looking around the AFC right now, I'm not seeing anybody that I would rather have in January than Mahomes. Mahomes. Like if you're telling me that the team's biggest question mark right now, or the team's biggest flaw is Mahomes, Mahomes, I'm going to roll with that team every single time. No, he didn't have his best game last night. Far from it. In fact, he had some plays that were way more Chad Henny than Patrick Mahomes. But when it mattered most, Patrick Mahomes was in the building, scrambling, making plays, pulling plays out of his backside, and snatching souls with plays like this to tie it.
1: Mahomes from the gun, takes the snap, looks right, rolling right, looking, looking,
0: throwing, end zone, come! Kelsey, touchdown, and Kansas City punches back. They can tie it with 116 left in regulation. Westwood won on the call. So three touchdown drives in the final nine and a half minutes in regulation and overtime, and each drive was 75 yards long. Now that's clutch. That's money. That's Mahomes. That's what you want your quarterback doing, showing up like that when it matters most in a critical division game. What I'm saying is this. After looking pretty crappy for the first three quarters, Patrick Mahomes picked a hell of a time to remember that he is, in fact, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes? Oh, and speaking of delivering when it matters most, for a guy who was allegedly washed, allegedly too old, allegedly in this big slump, Travis Kelsey was out there abusing suckers last night. The moment Derwin James left that game, Kelsey started eating. Hell, gorging. 142 yards and a couple of TDs in the fourth quarter and overtime. And then he walked it off on this. Mahomes again from the gun. Takes the low snap. Looks left. Pump fakes. Throws over the middle. Completes. It's Kelsey at the 30. Kelsey breaking free. 15-10.
2: Chiefs have won it in overtime, 34 yards,
0: on the catch and run by the pro bowler, Travis Kelsey. That guy is a shot fighter. That guy no longer has value. That guy looked pretty damn good to me last night. In terms of the overtime itself, there is that discussion to be had about the NFL's overtime rules, because there will always be a discussion to be had about the NFL's overtime rules, it sucks to have a quarterback or a game with two of the best quarterbacks in the game, but only one of them gets to touch it in overtime. But the way the the rules are right now, that's a hell of a way to end that game, right? Andy Reid said, quote, If I could jump, I'd jump. If I could jump, I'd jump. Still love the big fella. Mahomes, on the other hand, was busy clapping back on anybody who thought or still thinks that his tight end is not still one of the most dangerous players in the game.
3: I mean, you'd think he's old, so he can't run by people, but he's still running by people.
0: He is still running by people. He's running by people. He's running over people. He's running away from people, running great routes, making big plays. And again, we're talking about a guy who's 32. 32, not 52. And for all that talk of the slump and the fact that he does not dominate or take over games the way he used to, he just had another 1,000-yard season. As for the Chargers, I know that Brandon Staley was taking a lot of heat right now. I'm going to stand by that guy, and I'm going to stand by their identity. Yeah, yes, they needed that game. Yes, that's a tough, tough game to lose. Yes, it was right there, and yes, that will be nightmare fuel for the Chargers, because as good as that ending was for the Chiefs, it really was that bad for the Chargers. Like, their defense had been big the entire game, but it fell apart when it mattered most. Like, I don't know if it was just them taking bad angles, them gassing out, or both, but you cannot have a guy running right through the secondary like that with the game on the line. As good as that guy still is, you can't have that. The defense was huge last night, time and time again. They bailed out the offense, they had big stops, and they had a crazy pick, like this. Our third down and two. Edwards-Hilaire oh. it into the air and picked up by Nawosu. By Nwosu. That was an amazing play. So you might be thinking, what, what are you saying, Rome? What is it? What is it? Are the Chiefs back? Are the Chargers good? Are the Chargers not that good? Let me, let me be very clear about this. I'm not here to Monday morning quarterback Brandon Staley's decisions on 4th down. Again, this is who they want to be. This is that team's identity. He's not backing down from it. He feels like his best will beat your best, and he's going to roll with the guys that he believes in. He's not backing off that culture or their identity.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the mindset no matter who we play. You know, I felt really comfortable with all of those decisions, and, uh, you know, the first one, it's a you know, perfect pass, and, and, you know, just you have this, this really, you know, tragic thing happen, you know, on the way down, and, you know, the one at the end of the half, I, I, I love that, and, and then you know, we just missed Jared on the stick, you know, and that's the way we're going to play around here. That's the way we're going to play. And, um, you know, when we have a quarterback like ours and we have an offense like ours, that's the way we're going to play because that's how you need to play against Kansas City for sure. And that's how uh, we're going to become the team that we're ultimately capable of being is, is by playing that way. And um, I'm really proud of our guys. I thought like we competed like champions today um, and they made a couple more plays in the fourth quarter and in overtime than we did. But I felt like our guys laid it on the line tonight and I'm very, very proud of them for that.
0: I gotta say, I'm with this guy on that. Like, here's the other thing. He's not ranting at folks about analytics. He's not saying that any member of the media who questions him just doesn't understand, just doesn't get it. What he's saying is this. He's actually keeping it very simple. What he's saying is, this is who we are, this is what we are about, and I do not regret it.
4: It's life in the NFL in decision making like that and i think that from where my mindset is is that i know that the quickest way to win a game like that is to score touchdowns not field goals especially considering who's on the other side and to me when you feel like you're in an advantage situation when you don't feel like it's a gamble when you feel like this is an advantage for you then that's going to be our mindset okay and i don't think that any decision that we made tonight i made tonight was a gamble. We felt like it was an advantage situation for us, and that's why we did it. If we didn't feel like that was the case, then we would have kicked a field goal or we would have punted.
0: Yeah, I know. You could easily say, hey, Rome, this is not that hard. Do the math. Do the math. If they did kick those field goals, they win. Yeah, all right. All right. But I'm going to stand by this guy, and here's why. I say that knowing that those decisions could have cost him that game, a hugely critical divisional game. But I do love the mindset. I love the swagger. I love the approach. And I know his players do, too. He's saying, I know you guys have got this. Why would we settle for three when I know you've got this and we're going to get seven? He's not apologizing. He's not backing down. And he's not out there talking a bunch of crap about those people who are questioning him who do not understand his game or the game. Again, he's saying this is who we are. This is our identity. This is our culture. And I love it. I do. And I know the guys in that locker room do as well, even if it did cost them that win last night guarantee none of them i guarantee none of them are saying hey man why did he do that i guarantee none of them are pointing the finger at the coach what pointing the finger at the coach for what believing in them like hey coach stop telling us you have our back stop telling us we're the guys you want to go to battle with stop telling us we're better than the guy we're lined up against this is not an issue of analytics or metrics It's an issue of gonads. And Staley's got a big brass set. And while it may not always pay off, it will always permeate the entire organization, one that he's trying to build in a certain way. So hell yes, he's going to go for it virtually every single time on fourth down. Look at the weapons the guy has. If he was coaching the Lions or the Jags, he's not going to do that. But he knows he's got Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, guys who make big plays, guys who move the chains, guys who put points on the scoreboard. And even if this dude were to apologize, and he's not, but if he were, I wouldn't accept it anyway. Again, that moron, Urban Meyer, is out here kicking his kicker not owning anything at all. Urban Meyer is out out here kicking his kicker but I'm not even sure why the Chargers have a kicker the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the AFC but the Chargers are not dead yet Staley and the Chargers can be summed up in two words default aggressive default aggressive it's who they are they're not changing it and I'm not the only one who's fine with it I mean I endorse it and not to pile on sweet fumble Joshua Kelly, these things happen, but that was bad. That was bad. I have not seen a Kelly fumble like that since James Kelly was trying to reach out to fantasy honks.
1: Get ready, fantasy hawks To a funny fantasy honks.
0: The ball is out. The ball is out. Winthrop. The Winthrop is out. Winthrop. Hey, listen up. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. More than 50 million men in the US suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both of them. Let's talk about Keeps. Keeps offers a simple stress way to keep your hair convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every 3 months so you do not have to leave your home and low cost treatment started only 10 bucks per month and keeps offers generic versions discrete packaging proven results and keeps has more 5 star reviews than any of the competition prevention is key treatments can take 4 to 6 months in order to see results so you want to act on this right now If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Rome. Get your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Rome and get that first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Rome. Foye Aluakin is my guest. Foye, good to have you on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Great to visit. All right, so you're coming off a big performance in Sunday's over Carolina, and that win did keep you guys in the hunt. How does it feel to be coming to the facility every day in December, knowing that you have a chance to get into the postseason?
2: Oh, it's, it's definitely a good feeling playing meaningful football in December. Uh, definitely a lot of work, a lot of focus to be had every day we come into practice. So it's just always cool to uh, you know have that opportunity to be on edge. Uh, definitely playing for something this late in the season
0: all right so going back to sunday on michael walker's pick six i thought you did a masterful job of blocking on cam newton and making sure that he did not get to walker while also not drawing a flag what did you see on that play
2: yeah uh it's always a uh, uh, michael always talks about you know blocking the most athletic or athletic quarterbacks whenever he gets the ball so um really i saw the opportunity to block cam it seemed like he had the angle and uh just making sure I kind of had that special teams background, talking about a flyby instead of the old peelback block, which we probably would have done earlier, you know, in our football career, uh, just making sure I didn't mess it up for Michael so he could get to the end zone.
0: I was going to say, was it like back in the day, maybe earlier in your football career, that if there was a pick six and the quarterback was out there in the open field oh, and there was fair game, what? were you going to take that shot back in the day if you could?
2: Of course. I mean, that's the kind of hits that everybody talks about. Uh, those end up on those, like, big hit highlight takes. Um you know, it's always fun to have that peel-back block. I think everybody kind of lived for that uh, back in the day when, when the ball carrier is running and somebody didn't see you and you could uh, knock them down real quick.
0: I like that. I appreciate that response, man. That's real. <laughs> Foye Aluokin is joining us. Also, knowing the way you used to spring Ezekiel Elliott for touchdowns back in the day at John Burroughs High in St. Louis, I know you're a solid blocker. What were you like in high school as a receiver, a DB, and a blocker?
2: Um. At that point, I was just, you know, doing whatever the team needed me to do to win. Uh, You know, freshman year, that's when I was more of a fullback. Definitely got the ball, a lot on boot plays, just kind of getting me out in the the flat. And then by sophomore year, I became more of a receiver on offense. So, um, kind of an all-around, I guess, athlete. Um, It was fun running routes and catching the ball and running deep, deep fades and all that. And then, really, the DB, um, you know, I was a pretty, I guess, hard-hitting DB, uh, in the run fits. Uh, So, like, play actions actually got me a little bit into college. That was a little funny. Um, But, you know, I was just kind of a a good athlete out there, so I kind of used that to my advantage.
0: You know it. Foyer Loykin is joining us. Let's get technical for a minute. Like, I want to talk about your journey, but before we do that, I've talked with linebackers over the years, and the phrase, "eye discipline, comes up all the time. Your inside linebackers coach, Frank Bush, says that playing middle linebacker, quote, there's so much going on that if your eyes are not trained correctly, it can consume you, end of quote. I think that's pretty interesting. Like, how are you able to take in everything that's going on and identify the things that are most important to focus on and look at?
2: Um, definitely just repetition and practice uh, and just a lot of film study, uh, just making sure that we are looking at the right things, because a lot of times, especially if you in my San Francisco, they're going to do a lot of things in the back there to kind of draw your eyes away from where the ball is actually going. So uh, a lot of it is just, you know, being patient back there. Don't just trigger on, on uh, the first thing that you see back there, just making sure that your eyes are right, as Coach Bush said, and, and playing linebacker patiently uh, with good feet.
0: Here's the other thing, too. You've made the comparison that it's like math. Lay that out for me. How do you apply math or the lessons you learn from math to playing linebacker? How is it like math?
2: Yeah, uh, we're talking about just like pattern learning. Uh, that's kind of what you learn. What, what I learned back in like you know elementary school patterns and stuff. Um, how you know inputs and outputs. So. Um, a lot of times, like I, I was talking to somebody today, we count to three a lot, like let's say a, a different coverage or something, we got to relate to three or relate to two or something. But in the backfield, you know, we got pullers and all that stuff, or maybe if three crosses your face, you got to relate to the new three and stuff. So you got to be able to, you know, adapt within the play and be able to see the patterns that are happening in front of you so you know you fit in the, in that play.
0: He was an all-Ivy League player at Yale. Foye Lewick is joining us right now, Falcons linebacker. So Dean Pease comes in as the D coordinator this year. Pretty clear the love and respect he has for you. What's it been like for you to play for him?
2: Yeah, I just always tried to uh, earn, his, earn respect for him since first birthday. Um, you know, I was out there uh, running around for him, trying to learn the defense. Uh, that was kind of my first goal was uh, regain these, uh, the new coaching staff's trust. And I know with the guys uh, that's much experience, you've seen that many players, you know, uh, he, uh, you know, respected me. That, that, that went a long way for me to earn his respect and his trust like that. So definitely an honor playing for him and uh, having him compliment me and stuff. I'm just that trying to get better for him.
0: All right. So what's it like coming in the way you did? You were a sixth-round draft pick in 2018, and yeah. you, you yourself have said, quote, I got drafted, and people are like, oh, we should have gotten this Georgia linebacker. I knew if I messed up, my shot would be gone. How did yeah. you go about approaching your job that first year and making sure that you did stick?
2: Uh, you know, I always said I had a chip on my shoulder. I learned recently that some people think that is negative. Uh, but I always got something to prove uh, no matter what the situation is. You know, at Ivy, you keep on saying all Ivy. I was really second team all Ivy my whole time there. Uh, I think for three years, I was second. So I was like, dang, there must be three linebackers with DBs better than me every year I was there. So I came in wanting to prove to them that, like, all right, you guys clearly messed up, you know, that choice. When I first came here, as I said, as you said, they wanted a different linebacker instead of me that late in the draft. Which I didn't get mad about being drafted that late, but the fact that you wanted a whole different player that wasn't me kind of, you know, set me off. So I wanted to prove to myself and then to the other people that, you know, you made the right decision. So I came in here trying to, you know, do everything right and uh, be the athlete that I knew I could be and just learn on the fly. Because it was really my first time playing off the ball linebacker. And uh, every day just keep getting better. And and, and the same thing, the new for, my, for me, the new coaching staff's trust and respect and respect for the, the players around me. So. Uh, that kind of just set me up, uh, on that mindset to improve every day and to keep getting better.
0: All right, so the thing is, though, there's so much more to it than just where you were drafted. For instance, after high school, you did go to Yale. You had a great career there, but then you were not invited to the Combine. What was that experience <laughs> like?
2: Yeah, it didn't invite me. <laughs> right. When I was out
0: training,
2: uh, I ended up going to Colorado to see, you know, to train with some uh, guys who went to these bigger schools and stuff like and that. Quickly compare myself to them. a couple of the guys did get the combine invite. Um, Now, I I could have been, you know, mad about it, but at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, I'll get this pro day, and I'll get this, uh, if I just train these, what, two, three extra more weeks, um, it might be an opportunity for me to, like, get my numbers even better. So, um, once I hit the pro day, I said, let's put on this show, let me just prove to all these people who clearly, you know, need to see, you know, how athletic I was or whatever, how, you know, the real me, so... Uh, I saw it as a blessing, and a, rather than like you know a dip or you know coming from a little school, you know it, they weren't really you know at the game how they would be a bigger school. So instead of you know being butt hurt about it, just saw it as an opportunity.
0: If you're like me, your weekend plans include kicking back and watching live sports, and it doesn't matter what sport you're watching. It's always fun to have a little bit of action, right? Personally, I have my week 15 eye on that Monday night matchup between Chicago and Minnesota. This is why I recommend downloading the WinBet app right away. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight bets to parlays, teasers, and any exotic prop wager you can think of. The app is so easy to use. Everybody knows that Win is one of the biggest and best brands in the gaming industry. So get off the sidelines and join in on the action. This is why I recommend downloading the WinBet app right away. Download the WinBet app on Google Play or the Apple App Store today. Put yourself in the game. Win with WinBet. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Foy, listen, I want to be very clear about this. I, When I ask you these questions, to me, this is all positive. This is all, it's amazing to me what you've overcome and the career you're having. So when I hit you with this stuff, I want you to know I'm coming from a good, positive place. Having said <laughs> that, you just mentioned Pro Day. I do have to make the point, Yale did not have a Pro Day. So how did you go about getting to a Pro Day? How did that work?
2: So I hit my agent up because I knew, well, Yale did have a Pro Day. It was like, there weren't going to be very many scouts at it, so I actually went to this uh, – Chase Edmonds has, has went to the combine. We used to play him at Fordham. So a lot of our coaching staff actually transferred over to Fordham that year after we won our Ivy League championship. So um, I knew he would have scouts there from the combine coming to you know, see him either you know do his drills or whatever. So I asked the coaches, you know, can I go to your combine or to your pro day if you are looking for a second pro day to get in front of more scouts because that was the name of the game at the point. And, uh, you know, our one of our old coaches, I think offensive coordinator, was the head coach there at Fordham. You know, he said, yeah, come along. The uh, so pro day was going to be held at Columbia because of the snow up there in the northeast. And so I kind of went to a pro day two weeks earlier than I was supposed to in order to get in front of scouts. And I kind of just blew it out the water. And then later there was a Yale technical pro day where I just kind of did drills in front of like four scouts, really. Um, but the, my, all my testing and stuff was done at that Fordham pro day early.
0: So I'm really curious, like, what was it like for you to be an Ivy Leaguer in the sense that what was it like on campus when you're going to a school like that, a smaller school, a school that's so great academically? You know, it's different than going to a, quote, football powerhouse where a lot of these kids go to that school because they want that experience. How did the other students, how did your peers react to and respond to the football team? Were they into it? How into it were they? What was that like?
2: Uh. Uh, as a campus, I don't think they're that into the actual sport playing. They definitely have school spirit no matter what, you know. But uh, really, we have about two. Maybe it's depending how good your team was uh, from year to year, but you definitely had two big games, uh, either a Princeton game or Harvard game and maybe a, a Penn or Dartmouth game. Um, but the Harvard game was a big game of every year where the stadium was going to be packed and stuff. But, um, you know, keeping c- campus-wide interest until that point was sometimes a struggle. Uh, so, really, you're out there just playing for yourself. You're not really uh, playing for, you know, the support of the, the, your student uh, friends around you because they're over there focused on the school and stuff. you got a lot of enterprise. It's like I, uh, me and my team want to be you and your team. So, uh, kind of learn how to focus. And, and, and when you have a goal, uh, you know, you don't, you don't need outside motivation. Everything's kind of intrinsically motivated that I want to do this for, you know, the people I play for and people around me and stuff because we're in this together
0: kind of by ourselves i love that i love that response I, I don't love that that's the way that was but i love that you <laughs> understood that and that you had yeah. to have this intrinsic self-motivation so now you're all about embracing the ugly and leading the ugly gang for those yeah. who do not know yeah. what is the ugly gang all about
2: yeah there was a little um it started really it was an inside joke to me and my friend some dude called us ugly but he needed some advice and stuff so we're like instead of being mad about it instead of being like you know, upset or uh, embracing that bullying, like we say, all right, whatever we're doing works. So it kind of became a slogan. You gotta love yourself, no matter what people think of you. You know, inside, like whatever you're doing, work. Just let whoever you are shine and, and be you. So um, I kind of ran with that. Used the ugly duck is my slogan because it's a swan in all of us. No matter how we look on the outside, it's about who we are inside, who we know we are to be. That's who we're gonna be.
0: Dude, there is a swan in all of us, no matter how we look on the outside. I'll be remembering that one as well. All right, so finally, speaking of the outside, outside your locker room, it seemed like people did not have huge expectations for this team, but here we are in December. You're fighting for a playoff spot. How have you guys been able to maintain and exceed, not maintain, but exceed the expectations and put together the season you have?
2: Now, we still got some work to do. We want to go on this run here at the end of the year. Kind of just holding everybody accountable. You know, coaches are on us every day. Uh, definitely trying to make this run because, uh, you know, we kind of look at it and you ask a lot of the older guys, you know, some people, you know, play a whole career and don't make it to the playoffs. So when you have an opportunity in front of you, you really can't let it go to waste because you never know when you're going to get another one. Um, so every game we're trying to win. And when we see that we can win and when we're playing smart football, I think we're definitely a force to be reckoned with. So we're going to take this to the. For the rest of the year, and definitely try to go on this
0: run here. What a great story. What a great journey. Atlanta is in second in the NFC South. They're at San Francisco on Sunday. Their linebacker, Foyer Iluikian, my guest, Foyer, great to have you on again. Really nice uh, to talk to man. you, man. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Good yep. luck. You too. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hey, now, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not a sugary snack, not an energy drink. We want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. That way it's tender and tasty, not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. What I'm saying is they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name, because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? To which I responded, you know what, head? You should feel good about yourself. You should even reward yourself. Now get your ass back in here get and finish off boss. that 15-minute work week. Do what no I'm paying you to do. Cool? Off. Yeah? No what's up, genius? How you doing? Dave. I'm turning into a workaholic here, Jim. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, you are, dude, man. Grind life. Rise grind, and grind, man. head. Rise and grind. Do those 15-minute work weeks, dude. Rise and grind. <laughs> first things first. I do want to acknowledge, though, that this is a different deal. Because of the number of guys in COVID protocol, picking games already was about the hardest thing ever. Ooh. It's going to get tougher. Before we talk about a few of your games, how are you approaching the weekend given what's going on with pro- with the protocol and how many guys are in?
1: I'm staying away from a few games until kickoff that are impacted. The less talented teams, Jim, who I actually like this week, like the Washington football team and a couple others, I'll stay away from them until kickoff. But, I mean, both
0: teams having problems with COVID. I'll take a couple shots here. All right, fair enough. So you're going to play it the best you can and wait as long as you can. But... It's Friday. Let's get into it. Let's Packers it. are favored on the road against the Ravens. It is a pretty big number. Understandably so. The Ravens are all banged up. The Packers need this one. They're hunting that number one seed overall. Aaron Rodgers, despite having that jacked up toe, has been playing out of his head of late. What is the number? How are you playing that game? The number is Packers,
1: minus 5.5 on the road. I'll take the NFL's best team via the spread in Green Bay. The last three games, the Packers' offense has been the best in the NFL Averaging over 37 points per game. The biggest concern is, once again, their defense. That same three-game sample size, they have allowed actually 10 points more per game, more than their season average has. And Kenny Clark might be out with COVID, so that isn't ideal. But I just like A-Rod and his weapons here, Jim. Baltimore might be down to a secondary who has a combined 28 career starts because of injury and COVID. 28 career starts against the Goat Packers, minus five
0: and a half. I know you love Aaron Rodgers and the Goals. way he's playing right now. Okay, Rams v. Seattle. The Rams, man, I love the way they look last week. That's the Rams team that we have been waiting on, and they picked their best time to play their best ball. One problem. Twenty-five dudes in the protocol. Twenty-five. We've never had to deal with anything like that before. So, what is the number on that game? How are you leaning there?
1: Well, they call it gambling, and I'm going to gamble a bit here, and I'm taking the Rams. The number has moved from minus seven for L.A. when it came out and is now down to minus four Mm. because of COVID. But I'm still going with L.A. here. As long as the Rams have Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. I think they feast on the Se- Seahawks secondary, a secondary that allows an NFL worst 278 yards per game through the air. Add that and 99, who is dominating and the main reason the Rams have the best pass rush win rate in football. Seattle does have COVID problems, too. They might be without Tyler Lockett themselves. I'm going to go L.A., Jim, minus four.
0: Damn, you're a chalky SOB, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay, Bengals are getting points. (laughs) Bengals are getting points at Denver. So, to me, they are one of the most confounding teams in the league. One week, Cincinnati looks like they can beat anybody at all. The next, they play as if they can lose to anybody at all. To me, they're still dangerous. They're still in the hunt. But disrespecting Denver is a mistake. I don't think you want to do that, especially this time of year, and especially playing at altitude. Nobody knows that region better than you know that region. Mm -hmm. Big head. What is the number?
1: Which way are you leaning? So my worry is the disrespect for Denver. They are getting it. Everyone seems to be taking the Bengals here, Jim, and I'm going to disrespect them too. I'm taking the Bengals plus two and a half points in Denver. I Look, man, I trust Joe Burrow more than I do Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos' pass rush is an elite, and Burrow is when he has a clean pocket. The Broncos have changed their approach big time on offense. They are running the football over the last three games. Only Philly and Indy has actually ran the football more than Denver has. But Cincinnati allows the fourth least yards per game on the ground. Big, big game for both teams. But I'm taking the Bengals against the Denver team that is one in five against the spread in their last six six AFC
0: games. Bengals plus two and a half at Denver. All right, so he's not all about the chalk. Arizona had a gutting loss to the Rams. My man Kyler Murray did not look happy after that game. But now did Pervin Liar got bleep canned – The Lions, not the Jags, are arguably the best get-back or get-right matchup for anybody and everybody. But per always, the question is, what is the number? Good news is, you get the Lions. But what is the number, and are you willing to lay it? The number is
1: Arizona minus 12 at Detroit. I mean, the Cards aren't playing at home, so you know they will win this football game. I'll lay the 12 points as well. This sets up nicely for Arizona. They are the highest first-quarter road-scoring team in the NFL. Detroit is the worst first-quarter scoring team in all of football. Cards should get up early, and the Lions play right into Arizona's defensive strength. That pass D. Also, Kyler, you said his struggles, he should get right against the defense that ranks last in opponent's yards per pass attempt. I think he goes off here, Jim. I'm going cards, minus
0: twelve on the road over that maniac in his squad. All right, you have not you you, you have not used your one ass exemption yet. That Keep that okay. in mind. Gotcha. I don't think there's getting around it. Carolina is really disappointing, but I could argue that the Bills, while still very much in the hunt or even way more disappointing. Now, the good news is they're still alive. They still have a stud gunslinger under center. I still love the playmakers they have on the back end. But if you had told me before the season that Buffalo would be 7-6, and six, I would have told you to shut the hell up. Yet, here we are. Here the bleep here we are. What here. is the number, and are the real Bills going to show up, or maybe are these the real Bills? Dude, that's the question, right? Which
1: Bills will show up? But they are two extremes right now. There's a pattern, okay? In their seven wins, they pattern. have won by a pattern. Okay. <laughs>
0: Everybody into the pattern.
1: They have yeah. won by an average of 26 points a game in their wins, and if a game is close, they lose. Every time. Close game, they lose. But I like them here, minus 10.5 points, because it looks like Josh Allen will go. And Sean McDermott is an NFL best against the spread in non-conference games the past two se- seasons, hitting on 85% of those games. Also... It's easier to play good, Jim, when you're playing against Play ass. well. Play yeah, well. Play well. Play good. play Well, you're playing against ass. Just ask Ritt. The Carolina offense blows more ass than Poulter does. Right, Ritt? The Bills need this win badly. Thank you, Alvin.
0: I'll lay them 10 and a half points in Buffalo. Incredible. Yeah, You are entitled to the one ass reference per segment. Run it back from the very top. Who are we, we, who are we looking at this week? Packers minus 5.5 at
1: Baltimore. Rams minus 4 at home v. Seattle And Weird Russ. Bengals plus 2.5 in a Denver. Seattle. Cards in Detroit minus 12. And the Mafia minus 10.5 against Ritz-Ass Squad,
0: Jim. All right, dude, getting a little carried away with yeah, that. On. But he is the big head. 11-1 and one over the last couple of Sundays. Throwing a Monday, throwing a Thursday. My man is on an all time run. Keep in mind, COVID is messing things up badly, so he may hit something else right before a kick. Nice job, Head. Put it up on Twitter. I will retweet it, and now they know. Thanks, Jim. Let's make some money! See you later, Head. Proud to say this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Hey, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There is no annual contract, so get rid of that ugly clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Travis Steele is my guest. Travis, great to have you on. How are you? Doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you on, Travis. All right, so a few things I want to cover with you. You beat Moorhead State by 23 on Wednesday, where you had a huge lead in the first half. Coming off the rivalry game against Cincinnati, what did your guys show you in the way they started that game and they avoided any kind of letdown?
3: Yeah, just that we have the right mentality. You know, our leadership's been really good with Paul Scruggs, who's a 50-year senior. Jack Nungee, who's played a lot of college basketball. Those guys set the tone with our group, and they make sure that everybody else is ready to play. So I just think it speaks volumes to to the leadership that we have with our players.
0: You know, I was going to ask you about both those guys, actually. Travis, like Jack Nungee. he came off the bench on Saturday against Cincinnati. He scores 31. He grabs 15 rebounds. Both of those were career highs. I know you had high expectations for him when he came from Iowa, but how impressive was he in that performance?
3: He was incredible. I mean, he was the best player on the floor uh, by a large margin. And whether it was his defense, his defense was tremendous. Obviously, he had 15 rebounds, 31 points. He hit threes. He scored in the low post. He offensive rebounded. He did everything. I knew he was really good, Jim, when we got him on transfer. um, But I didn't know he was quite this good. You know, he didn't start practice until November 1, you know, because he was injured all summer. And so it's kind of been learning him on the fly here uh, throughout the games. But he's a tremendous player. He's one of the best front court guys in the country.
0: Travis Steele joining us. You know what I'm really taken by is the fact that you had Jerome Hunter as the leading scorer on Wednesday. He had 15 points. That means you've had five different leading scorers in the last five games alone. What's that say about the depth that you have, and then how much confidence does that give you as coach?
3: Yeah, I think we're really hard to scout because, like, who are you going to take away? You know, if you take away one guy, it's going to open up things for the other guys. We have a lot of different guys who can score the ball. Um, and the go-to guy here at Xavier is always going to be the open guy, but I think we are the deepest we've been in a while. We have nine guys who literally all could start, right? They're all going to play a lot of minutes and they understand, listen, it's all about winning at the end of the day.
0: Xavier head coach, Travis Steele is joining us once again. Listen, I understand that you're on to the next game, but for those who do not know, or those who do not understand, how would you describe the rivalry with Cincinnati? What is that like?
3: It's unique. I mean, we're, we're 2.4 miles away from each other. you got two incredible programs here in the city of Cincinnati. Our fan bases absolutely despise each other. Um, you know, and I always say this, we play for our former players, and this game means so much to all of them. And our guys understand that. Uh, there's a big buildup the whole week leading up to the game. Uh, obviously, Skyline, which is a great food, by the way. I love. It's the best food spot here in Cincinnati, um, you know, sponsors the game. And it's just a great lead-up to the game, man. It's, it's awesome for our city and for college basketball.
0: I think that's a great way to lay it out. The fact that those two schools are less than two and a half miles apart, and you have that intensity, and the fan bases hit each other. I'm glad you mentioned Skyline. So, when you have a big, a big win like that. Do you chase it with some of that famous Skyline chili the next day? And if so, how good is that after a big rivalry win?
3: We, I showed up at the Skyline in Oakley here in Cincinnati, and I got my four away with beans. And I could tell you, it was just tasted a little bit better that
0: next day. <laughs> it has to. It has to. All right, so speaking of the next game, you're 10-1 and one to start the year. That includes three quad one wins and one over a top 20 Ohio State team. You're about to get underway in the Big East. So do you throw everything out that came before that out the window? Do you feel like you're 0 and o, or do you use that as momentum to go into conference play?
3: I told our guys we're pressing the reset button. It's 0-0. Zero we take it one game at a time. We've done a great job in the non-conference, but that's in the that's in the in, the, in our rearview mirror. It's what's in, in front of us is Marquette. Um, the great thing about the Big East is there's 20 league games. Everybody plays each other twice, home and away. So it's a true league champion. And you have got to be able to navigate the the uh, the marathon. I mean, you're, you're gonna there's gonna be some highs, there's gonna be some lows. You're gonna lose a couple games, probably shouldn't. Probably gonna win some games, you probably shouldn't as well. And it's about those that kind of stick together. Kind of through the adverse, you know, through the adverse times that usually come out on top in the Big East.
0: Travis Steele joining us. What about the Big East? It's always nasty, and it is yet again this year. But you've got four teams in the top twenty-five. When you look around the conference this year, what do you see? How tough is it?
3: It's deep. I mean, I, I think yeah, obviously Villanova's tremendous. You know, you got Marquette. Shaka Smart's doing a great job up there. Providence—they should be ranked. I mean, Ed Cooley's got those dudes rolling. They got some incredible wins. Um, you know, obviously UConn, Seton Hall, St. John's, Butler, and, and DePaul. I mean, a, a, anybody can beat anybody in our league. There's tremendous coaches, tremendous players, and just great programs.
0: All right, so you mentioned Shaka Smart and Marquette. That's who you have tomorrow. What is your message to your players ahead of that game?
3: You know, number one, they have a really good team, and they're going to play really fast. you got to take care of the ball against all their different presses and ball pressure. Um, gotta take care of it. And then we gotta get them on the glass. You know, I think we've been a really good rebounding team, uh, to this point in the year. And that's gotta show itself tomorrow afternoon
0: talking to Travis Steele for a few more moments. I wanted to ask you about a guy you referenced, Paul Scruggs. He had 7.6 rebounds and 6 assists in that win over Moorhead State. He first arrived in 2017. He's played in 129 games. As a head coach, how valuable is it to have a guard with that kind of experience but also the understanding of the game and what you're trying to do?
3: It's huge. I mean, he's basically the coach on the floor. And when you can have that man, it gives you... A huge advantage you know paul and i are on the same page he knows exactly how i think he knows exactly what i want how we do things in our program and he's been able to show the new guys how we do those things so his leadership's been incredible and he impacts the game in every way jim i mean he, he can score the ball but he gets guys shots he, he, he makes guys better he rebounds he defends he's everything our program's about
0: so, Travis, overall, where does that leave you in terms of this season? For instance, you've got that experience, you've got that depth, you've got that talent. How high is the ceiling for this group, potentially? And do you talk about specific goals and accomplishments for the season? What's your approach?
3: You know, our, our goal kind of going into the year was obviously we want to play an NCAA tournament, but we want to win the Big East. And if you can win the Big East, I think it has been shown, Villanova's done it twice in the last five years, they've won a national title. So, The rest of it will take care of itself, and and I've told our guys, listen, the way you go about doing this is every day, you know, having great practices, you know, focusing on the next game. next game right now is Marquette, and that's our sole focus.
0: Welcome to the jungle. What's going on? A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. I have got a ton of show for you today. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope your week's off to a great start. But well, we have got a lot of show. Yeah! slips. Look at, I'm
4: not sure what
0: they're trying to do. Tension now. boiling over between Coach Urban Meyer, Jaguars players, and staff. This is so bad. It's essentially the best thing ever. Jim Rome to Tom Pelissero. Uh Yeah, that's not a real good sign there, Chuck. The hell are you doing, dude? Are you an engineer now? Their solution to the problem, unplug the biggest plug and plug it back in picked up by Kansas City! Do what you have to do to get yourselves high. But if you do, you better win. You better show up and dominate. You can't do that and then go out and lose by 39. Austin Hoover's my guest. Let me ask about Baker. I
2: mean, the one thing that's not up for debate is this man's level of toughness. The stuff he's playing through, man. Like, forget football like that. That sucks to just walk around and live life with.
0: Straight up, G.I. Phineas in the case. How confident were you coming in? Listen, I, I'm i like everybody else. We love the horse, but that was a big ask. Extremely proud of I the big dog. Straight up G. Tom Izzo, my guest. John Cheney
2: told our players, you know, that they were tough. And he looked at me and he said, just keep scheduling like you are. It'll get you somewhere. son." Mm.
0: Touchdown Rams! Matthew Stafford was lighting it up. And Aaron Donald was bullying everybody. They look like the old Rams. And by the old Rams, I mean the September Rams. Am I right, Stewie? That's right. Stewie, am I right? That's right. Oh my gosh, Ross. He got us the Motorola Droid, Droid. Razor. Unlimited
3: minutes for a year. A- Uh, This is Barbara Bledsoe, Drew's mom. Drew's gift is over
0: now. (laughs) Uh oh. Uh What did you get that, Albie? Little light flash? Uh oh. You better check the phones again. He is Vincent Goodwill. Jim, how are you, man? You braving that weather out there. What's your reaction when you hear that speculation? You didn't hear me just yawn, did you, Jim? Yeah, I think I did. If
2: Ben Simmons is traded five minutes from now, strike me down, Jim, and call me a dummy. Twiddle.
0: Just a reminder, the Cardinals head coach was a sucky college coach and fell ass backwards into an NFL gig because he's attractive. <laughs> is that what you think? Like Norv Turner. Hey, hey, by the way, Norv, you're not coming out of that uh, film room. Here's Curry for the record. Hey, Jim, Man, Steph looks awesome. I'm talking about this guy making it official that he's the greatest shooter of all time. Twitter! My son may be the new three king, but I'm still knocking down threes at the club. Sincerely, Del Curry. You're not wearing the shirt over the Gucci belt buckle. Juliana Pena. One
4: day you can take me up on this or any of your listeners. If any of them out there want to come to my house and let me put that choke on them, I guarantee you they're going to tap as well and I guarantee you they'll be able to feel that force and pressure that I was putting on Amanda. Uh,
3: but... What's your beef? Last thing I want do is go into the break room and eat diane's marlboro casserole come on hospitals put two
2: holes in the damn smock so when we put it on we'll be able to cover our ass
3: good morons who don't brush the snow off of the roof of their car these coops running around jamming fake
0: antlers and fake noses in, in their cars <laughs> anthony barr is my guest someone always has something to say
2: if you're not the best you're the worst if you're not great you suck you know that's kind of the word we live in today
0: hey ike i got something to ask you the hell have you ever won you loser. And you chalk. The hell have you done since you got here? You loser. Hey, Avi, I've been mean to tell you this for the last 15 years that you've worked for me. You're a loser.
1: I'm that ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I
0: want. It's incredible. I love Urban Meyer. The content coming from this dude was absolutely massive. We had to lease out a massive compound and double shift just to handle all the content. Oh,
3: crap. That didn't work. I'm still not getting fired? Well, I already faked a brain cyst. <laughs> Took medical leave in college. Hey, Tenderoni find me. Section 4-3, row M,
2: seat 20. Bring a Bible and a seatbelt. I'm out.
0: This is why she's the queen. Poor lady clone. Rashawn Evans is my guest. Did you yourself find any humor in a couple of guys running into each other?
1: For the, the, the guys that's going against them, hell yeah, it's funny as hell. But when you're in that position, man, it don't feel too good. <laughs> I make money off ass.
0: Having a full job back
2: there. Thanks for having me. Good talk. Man, always a pleasure. on annoying. Man, I always appreciate Jim. I always appreciate you, man.
4: Straight up G. Too good. I got two sledgehammers and one in each fist. The studio
0: almost didn't fire back up because it rained once. That source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds. A holy... My initial reaction was, you gotta be me. If I could jump, I'd jump. Nobody convert like Jim Rome. Good night now! Good night now!